You're listening to the Electronic Media Collective Podcast Network. Yeah, it's a mouthful. For more great shows like the one you're about to enjoy, visit electronicmediacollective.com. And now, our feature presentation. This is Randy, and in the future, we will no longer talk about TV shows that we don't want to see canceled. This is Jesse. In the future, Grolix Cinematic Universe and Grolix Prime will merge to become the extended Grolix Universe, and all the current hosts will be replaced by our fictional counterparts from the Halloween 2018 special. Yes, yes, <laughs> that's a great idea. <laughs> y'all, gro- y'all, gross and dumb. <laughs> so basically, it's gonna be <laughs> Muffy doing uh, illegal substances, <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. and you Bong and rips, yeah. Connor and Blaine just r- ragging on each other, <laughs> like buddy cop movie. If they're if they weren't actually buddies. <laughs> God, I don't, so I don't know. How, I don't know how how much. Uh, I don't know if they're friends or not. <laughs> that, me on... either. They just. <laughs> they just I mean, ran on each other the whole time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like I don't want you to die, but God, you're stupid. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was thinking about that. Like while editing it, I'm like, these two characters. They're they're not friends, but if they show up in anything else ever again, they always need to be paired up because they're just. <laughs> It is yeah. like a buddy cop thing where, you know, the buddy cops aren't necessarily friends most of the movie, but they're right. the team. They're the partners. They're the, the, com- the, the comedic duo. It's so. kind of like uh, Jay and Silent Bob uh, in that, like, they're friends, but, like, Jay is just awful the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome to the Grolix Podcast. This is episode number 79. 79? 79. Wow. We're getting up there. We are. It's pretty awesome. Uh, hi, listener. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, hey there. You just got, you just got me and Jesse today. No, Melanie, she should be back next episode, I believe. But let's just jump into talking about things because if we're not talking, you got nothing to listen to. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And, and without Melanie here, we'll go off the rails really quickly. We need boundaries and restrictions. (laughs) We need structure, (laughs) discipline. Life is like that. Yep. (laughs) <laughs> what are we talking about this episode this episode we are going to be talking about you know this seems to be the way it's been going lately this will be our tv talk episode it seems like we do a tv talk and then a comic book talk this will be our tv talk specifically we're going to be discussing the new doctor who series or season it, it feels like far too long since we've done that <laughs> and probably just last month but uh, <laughs> yeah now, now we legitimately have a brand new doctor we, and have, we can react to it yeah we have new doctor new episodes to talk about it's exciting it's also good to be able to talk about the new doctor after having actually seen her d- being the doctor cuz we've talked about her a bit without really seeing her do any any of the stuff um right Basically from trailers and stuff and yep. just stuff that's been leaked online. Speculation. Yes. And so far, I have not seen her f- twist an ankle and fall over, which I think was... Uh, yeah, yeah. Matt D is going to be happy about that. Yep. That that has not occurred. So, so far, so good. Knock on wood. 
And at this point, uh, when we're recording it, I think the fourth episode is probably just aired or is airing now, maybe. I was going to say, like, uh, fourth episode's probably going to go up tonight, and then we'll probably have... Um, the fifth one by fifth the time this ep- episode. Yeah, we'll, we'll, so we're about two episodes behind when this goes up. Yeah, we're two episodes behind, so we'll talk a bit about the first three episodes, as we do. We're always a little behind. Before we get right into that, uh, we should probably cover a little bit of in-house news. I think we should. The main thing that uh, we need to talk about that relates to us specifically is, uh, and not really, <laughs> not really, but but kind of, Christopher Armim. He is a filmmaker that we interviewed way back in our first year of podcasting. Mm-hmm. Uh, little little did we know that we would become uh, that I would become such a big fan of his, and I actually got to, I got to meet him myself uh, just this past year, but. He recently released his 13th feature. You could say his 14th story because one of them was a double feature, but uh, 13th feature in 13 years. He's done a movie a year, oh, which wow. is crazy. Yeah. This most recent one is called Guns of the Apocalypse, and uh, it was released last month. It hadn't been released when we recorded, so I forgot all about it. But the, uh, the Grolix podcast uh, is a contributor we were proud contributors to each of those films ever since uh, Danny Johnson saves the world, which was the eighth feature. So we've been doing it for a while. Mm-hmm. Oh so yeah. Proud, proud uh, sponsors of uh, the work of Christopher Armim. And you can find out more about his stuff at St. Euphoria.com. Where's our shout out, man. Give us a shout out. <laughs> I guess if you're pumping out a movie every year, you ain't got time for shout outs. <laughs> right, right. Well, and we're we're in the uh we're in the credits of every one of his films because of that contribution that we make. So that's true. If you look in the credits, there we are, GrawlixPodcast.com. Other in-house news basically is kind of just a callback to old episodes, uh, which we've already done in our future predictions. So first of all, we had a Halloween special. Yeah. Which we just we just kinda talked about where uh all of the uh, Grolix Universe shows were represented, as were all of the Grolix Universe hosts. Yeah, that was, it's not the first time we've all been together, because that's kind of where GCU spring from. We had Jasper as a guest on a Grolix podcast episode forever ago. Right. But since Grolix Cinematic Universe is its kind of its own thing now, it was super cool for me to have all four of us together doing stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we played a game called We're All Gonna Die, and... It was great. It was good fun. It was our Halloween episode, but you know what? You don't have to. It doesn't have to be Halloween. If you didn't catch it, still check it out. It's not super Halloween specific. It's just kind of horror movie based. And even at that, it's 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 not scary. <laughs> There's nothing scary about. <laughs> no, not really. Especially the way that we react to everything. It's more slapstick than anything. <laughs> <laughs> big time, big time. So yeah, that was a super fun episode, and. Uh, Oh, man, you guys made it great. Uh, J- Jesse and Melanie and Jasper made it great because they they inhabited, they became those characters. And uh, Well, and you, you got stuck with the role of being the game master, the DM. Yeah, so, uh, which is fine, which is fine. Yeah. I got to play Charlie once in a while, a little bit. Right. <laughs> Not Charlie. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was no, fun, no, too. What was his name? Jason. Why am I thinking Charlie? Did I call him Charlie at some point? Oh, that's right. It was Jason and his mother. Like, that wasn't going to be ominous. <laughs> I, those those were our only npcs were jason and his mother hmm. at this point so at the time of recording this episode even though this episode's coming out like a week after that the release of the halloween special i have yet to finish the edit of the halloween special so i don't know how much of the 
post-game talk I'm going to leave in there. I might cut it all out and just leave most of the game as it is, but I kind of explained some of my... <laughs> Maybe it's better if I don't explain the logic and just leave it as it is because there's things <laughs> that I had like intended to do that just either didn't work out or then there's a lot of things that were very seat of your pants, seat of, seat of my pants, and uh, <laughs> I don't know if it's obvious in the gameplay or not, so... <laughs> Any good DM is probably doing some sea of their pants. But naming these characters, naming having a Jason NPC and his mother was obviously, I mean, obviously inspired by Fire the 13th, but given how the game ended up playing out, I kind of wish I hadn't done that. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, yeah, check out the Halloween 2018 special. It's it's truly a, a Grolix podcast, Grolix Cinematic Universe crossover episode. It's it's like we said in I think pre-show, maybe it was off mic. It's our defenders. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> but it's 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 the team up you didn't know you wanted. Maybe maybe you know <laughs> maybe you didn't need it. I don't know, but we did it. The only other thing that I have for in-house news is that on our most our most recent regular episode mm-hmm. of the Grolix podcast. We talked about seasons two of Luke Cage and Iron Fist. And just like you mentioned in your future prediction, they're both canceled. They're both canceled. Man, Iron Fist was only slightly surprised. It's Well, it's the first one to have gotten canceled. So it was a little yeah. surprising. But I'm like, you know, of all the shows, it makes sense. They're going to axe Iron Fist. Yeah. And if you've listened to the episode on the podcast feed, you know, we recorded that like a month prior uh, from our live stream. And so I edited in the little bit. I was like, well, nope, Iron Fist has been canceled. And then I think before, like after I edit, like, what was it? Within the week, within a couple of days of that yeah, episode yeah, like actually right. going up, they canceled, uh, they canceled Luke Cage. Yeah, um, you couldn't even like splice that in no. in time because it was like, boom, like the day before or something. So we were still behind the times, even with our update. We, that one was Luke Cage was a little bit of a blow to me. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh yeah, yeah. Well, and I figured I figured we were going to get more. I mean, I mean, who knows? Maybe they'll work it in somehow. But like the way that they left things, I am surprised. I'm surprised they're just going to say it's done. I figured they could put a pin in it. I did not think they would say we're done. God, yeah, they were specifically setting up stuff up with that. Like they were yeah. the whole season was leading to this big arc that was going to pay off later, and that sucks. Because Iron Fist left things more in like. There's a bunch of adventurers out there all adventuring. And I felt like that, that's okay. You could just kind of mm-hmm. leave things open-ended with that, I suppose. But like Luke Cage was going somewhere and I wanted to see where it went. And with Luke Cage being canceled, suddenly I'm like, I think all these shows might be done before long. Oh yeah, yeah. And without spoilers on Daredevil, I know Daredevil's their most successful one, but I kind of worry about... And I had even heard at some point there was going to be a season four, like it was pretty much a done deal, but who knows now? So I don't know. They might all be done after this next rotation of whatever seasons might be in production already. Did they, uh, did they announce season four at New York comic-con? Cause I, I feel like that's where, that's where a lot of this, like we started to see the writing in the wall because they were announcing Punisher season two. They were announcing more daredevil but there was nothing like crickets when it came to Luke Cage. And we and the news had already dropped about Iron Fist. And then boom, they hit us with no more cage. Well, it's 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 really hard to tell by, you know, cuz there's no concrete news on it, but 
Um, as of a couple days ago, as of this recording, I don't know, there's conflicting stories. Uh, IGN has something about how Daredevil Season 4 could include X-Men mythology, but who knows about that anyway? That seems kind of a stretch. Mm. But SlashFilm.com is saying new data suggests Daredevil Season 4 could be in danger. I'm Without reading yeah. it, I don't know. Oh, it's about how they track stuff on so, like the social media oh, tracking. Oh, the social media thing. Yeah, and I read an article about that, and and I get it, but at the same time, it's like even within an article about that, they they admit like that has nothing to do with viewership. People just are like, "Hey, this Daredevil, this new Daredevil show's awesome," and they got to talk about it. You know, like after an awesome thing is already hit, it's like I don't have to say that it's awesome anymore. I know it's awesome. You know it's awesome. It's awesome. Yeah, and I get We're just all watching. I get what they're doing because. Uh, Netflix doesn't release their viewing data to anybody. Uh, so this that's the only indication that they might be able to glean, glean how popular or how well something's doing is how many people are talking about it. But you're right. Like, yeah, the first season, especially Daredevil, where it just like, I don't know if anybody was, there was a lot of hype built up and I don't know if anybody was really expecting what they were expecting. And it was really good. So of course there's going to be a whole lot of chatter. And then as the show goes, yeah, it's going to die down because you know what? Yeah, it's still good. It's just going. Like, yeah, but eh. anyway, so who knows, who knows what's going to happen with that stuff. And there's been a lot of speculation that they're going to kill these shows off because Disney is working on their streaming service. So, I mean, who knows, who knows what that means? Maybe they're just killing it off in the Netflix universe until their, their contracts run out and then they can resurrect these shows as part of their service. I don't, who knows, who knows what's going on. That very much seemed the tone when when they canceled Iron Fist, right? Like he, but won't may not be the last time you see him. Well, that's pretty vague, but it's something. Yeah. With Luke Cage, there was nothing. They're like it's canceled. Right. <laughs> We're done. We're done. Yeah, no, I'm glad. I'm glad you mentioned that because I couldn't believe it. It's like, oh, yo, this. How do I promote this episode now? We're talking about the seasons of these shows that are canceled, but that's then that became how. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it it became relevant in a roundabout way. Well, now that the fact that we've even mentioned Daredevil means that show's on the block. Yep. Sorry, guys. What? What? what show? It was. It was super awesome while it lasted. Go tweet that. What show don't? We <laughs> what? Sh- yeah. Exactly. Tweet yeah. how you like Daredevil a bunch, yeah. like crazy. Apparently. <laughs> what show don't we like? I was trying to think. I was like, what show could we talk about to get canceled? <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna use this power for evil now. I don't. I don't think. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Um, I don't even know. I mean, like, like, I just don't watch it. If I don't like it, I just don't watch it. That's exactly the thing. Like there in the past, there have been shows where I just, for whatever reason, I hate it. Get that show out of here. But I think most of the shows are gone by now and I don't watch anything else. Yeah. I don't like it. There's not really a show that, that offends my sensibilities. I mean, like even, even Grey's Anatomy, which like it, it has, I don't know how that show is still on. Is it still on? Yeah, it's still going. They still do things. And I don't know how, because like most of the original cast are either dead or have moved away. I mean, like not, not literally dead, but like they killed most of those original characters. There's just a handful of them left. And, uh, yeah, why why is this show still on? But it's still going. But even that it's like at that, at this point, I don't even care that it's there. I guess whatever. Eventually, no one will care, and that's when it will end. You know, honestly, the only one I could think of, and I think it's either done or going to be done. I was like, I can't say that one because <laughs> I know a certain Grolic's host might pr- probably watches that. 
Oh, I know. I know. What you're <laughs> you know the one. It's the one that people like. It's it's very contentious in the in the nerd communities. Mm-hmm. That one, I, I can't stand it. I get that show out of here. But I was like, oh, but Jesse watches it. I can't even. Nope. Never mind. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. and it's done right, or it's going to be done. I'm talking Big Bang Theory. Oh yeah, yeah, it's over. As far as I know. I, well, what about I, that spin I, I haven't I haven't watched it in forever, so I don't even know. If you if you like it, that's fine. But I hate that show, and and that's the one show I was like, what show do I want canceled? But I think that one's gone already. So yeah, yeah. yeah. What no, about I, the spinoff? I I have no idea. I, that just sounds like a terrible idea. I don't know why they would do it. They're young Sheldon or something. Yeah, I, I mean, I get I get that the character is interesting, but that's because of Parsons. So if it's not Parsons, then why bother? Yes. I don't know. So stay tuned for our young Sheldon episode. <laughs> yeah, where we talk about that, and I eat my words, <laughs> or or do I? <laughs> well, anyway, speaking of shows that will certainly never die, is that a good segue? <laughs> yeah, yeah. For legitimately so. a show that I don't ever want to end. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but you know what? This show has been canceled before, and it's still going. So yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what that means. <laughs> it, it's regenerated itself. Yeah, that's, that's right. That's what's happened. That's what's happened. But speaking of that, before we even get into it, the news did drop that they're probably going to do another year off on us, even though we just had that. Why? Listen. Like, we, we won't get another episode until uh, 2020 or something like that. Like, there no new who in 2019. I hate that. I hate that. BBC, get your, get your act together. Because, listen, when Westworld or Game of Thrones does it, I get it. Those are highly crafted, excellently written shows. You, you catch my little jab here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So far, <laughs> I have not, without actually getting into, a, like, a review of the, the, what, three episodes we've watched. <laughs> yeah, right, right. I don't see that level of quality in doctor who <laughs> no no i mean that's i'm not saying it's bad of, but i'm just saying right it's not take a year off between seasons good <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah like they have a track record of of hitting these doctor who episodes fast and furious and so you get what you get and yeah. we're happy with it but yeah yeah it's not perfection you know like a lot of these shows that take so long to come out it's because they're trying to perfect it and uh, there, you know, it's clear they aren't. <laughs> it's clear that they aren't with Doctor Who. Yeah, yeah. Okay, good. You're in agreement with me on that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and I love it. I love it anyways. I love it for what it is. So before before I get hate mail about saying mm-hmm. that, uh, mm-hmm. y- no, I I love it. But come well, on, and that's and, <laughs> well, and that's part of the thing. I don't. I, I yeah. I do. I love it too. I don't want it to be gone for a year. I want new Doctor Who. But at the same time, I don't understand why they feel they have to take that time off every between every season because i don't see that being reflected in the production value or anything like that like maybe i'm wrong maybe right. if they didn't take that time off it would just look real bad but like I, I don't and what it. uh or are they not going to do the christmas special i mean like even when they i mean that's what they're saying they're saying none until 2020 i, I don't know if that's just regular season or what but uh i mean come on we've got to at least have Christmas specials. Even Matt Smith did that. Even even uh, David Tennant did that. <laughs> well, who knows? Uh, who knows if this is accurate? But Wikipedia does list a December twenty fifth, two thousand eighteen special, at least planned or it was planned at some point. But there's no uh-huh. other um, written. They actually have the writer 
no, the director. They don't have the writer. They have the director lined up, um, Wayne Yip, but they don't have the writer listed. So who mm. knows? Maybe that, you know, maybe that's not concrete. Well, I'm what I'm wondering about is 2019 because if they're oh, talking, oh, I see what you're saying. If they're if they're talking nothing until 2020, then even when they that take means, a year off, they no, usually do a Christmas special. You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I don't like that. They need to stop it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I don't understand why. You know, like a lot of shows don't need that. Even even uh, over in the BBC, you know, like this isn't always common practice. It just started to become common practice with. Like Stephen Moffat really made it common practice, but the dude was working on multiple shows. Yeah. Well, what's what, what else is Chris Chibnall working on? <laughs> I don't. I mean, I say that honestly, not knowing. Like maybe he is, but <laughs> no, yeah, it better not be Broadchurch season four. <laughs> yeah, no, come on, <laughs> three left it well. It, three, I mean, yeah. like three was better than I ever expected it would be. Agreed. So agreed. let's end on a high note. Three was an appropriate return to season one. <laughs> Yeah, 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 exactly. If you've never watched Broadchurch, watch season one like three times, read a synopsis of season two, and then maybe watch season three if you want more. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> anyway. I agree, I agree. Yeah. I think you could you could just about skip it, except that there's a few, there is a few plot points that you'd need. Yeah, there's a lot of important stuff that happens with the family that you kind of need story, yeah, plot points you need story-wise, but for the most part, man, it's not a great season. No, you could almost time jump it. Season three is on, like, I don't know. Anyway, anyway, we don't need to get it. That, <laughs> we don't need to get into Broadchurch again. <laughs> but it does tie in because Chris Chibnall is the showrunner. Yes. And uh, it has, I think it has impacted uh, the look and feel of new Doctor Who. Do you think so? I think so. I mean, like, think about, I mean, like, in particular, there's a scene in the most recent episode, which would be uh, episode three. Rosa, where they're like kind of in like a junkyard area, and I'm like, oh yeah, this feels like how Broadchurch was shot. Mm -hmm. There are some interesting things, like in episode three, where the doctor's talking to what's his name, the villain, and I have a feeling he'll probably show back up. You don't introduce another time traveler and then just like bloop them into the distant past and not expect them to show back up. Well, I kept wondering, like, is he part of the Time Bureau or whatever that Jack Harkness was part of because he's got a vortex manipulator. Crasco, that's it. Crasco, crash, crashco, crash. Yeah, something with lots of C and K, and it's very ugly all, sounding. All the K's, all the K's, and vaguely Russian sounding. Coincidence? No, no, mm-hmm. no. Okay, man, I have so much to say about the third episode, but we should, we should. No, we start. have to. Yeah, we, we need doing, to do our overview here. We're doing timey wimey right now. So let's get into it proper because we've been <laughs> side sidestepping into our discussion already. <laughs> Meandery. Cats. So many cats. <laughs> Who's going to come in and herd all these cats? So, <laughs> all right. So, yeah. So we have the first female doctor. We have uh, Jodie Whittaker. Uh, we have mm-hmm. new new doctor under Chris Chimnall. So far, listener, of course, we're only three episodes into the season, but... Jesse, how's the season striking you so far? So, uh, like broad impressions, I'm I'm enjoying it. I mean, just I'll, I won't bury the lead on that. I'm enjoying it, and I am enjoying the new Doctor. That first whole episode is kind of a throwaway on who is the Doctor because you can never trust that first episode. And in the case of Capaldi, we had to wait several episodes before he figured out who he was, yeah. which was fine for him because I mean, like he does it so well. 
He mm-hmm. takes his time with stuff. Jody, she is a, kind of a throwback to David Tennant, and it makes sense. I mean, both Chibnall and Jodie Whittaker have uh, a lot of experience working with a David Tennant, so mm-hmm. uh, it does it does lend itself to maybe a more David Tennant-y style. I was a little surprised by it, to be honest, because that's not really what I was thinking uh, like she would play, but she plays it well. She's doing, I think she's doing well, but I, I, I guess, you know, like I have a, a strange relationship with the 10th doctor in that sometimes I really like it. And sometimes I think, oh, <laughs> he's a little overrated, you know? Yeah. And so it's like, I don't want, I don't want the new doctor to feel a little overrated in my mind. I'll get some hate mail for that, but well, I uh, sometimes he is. I totally, I see, I know what you mean though. And it's something I think I was aware of while watching, like, you know, while watching through the David Tennant stuff, a little, a little over the top, a little bit too, a little hammy, a little too big Mm -hmm. sometimes, but I hadn't really like really placed it as that until hearing you mention, you know, comparing her to Tennant. And I'm like, that is, that is kind of the issue. Like I'm very torn a little bit so far on this season. I'm enjoying it because it's Doctor Who, and it's not it's not bad. Um, okay, I'm slightly disappointed in Jodie Whittaker's Doctor so far. She is it's just a little too big. Like it's a, mm-hmm. it feels unnatural. Like and maybe you know it takes a little while for. I think um, what's his name, Matt Smith felt very unnatural and weird in the Doctor, like forced kind of. Sure, sure. And it took him a while. It seems like before. That his weird quirky doctorness seemed natural, like seemed like that's who yeah. he was, as opposed to somebody being weird quirky doctor. And right now, it kind of still feels like she's being a weird quirky doctor instead of just naturally that's her doctor. And that could, you know, that could pan out. That could be fine, you know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I I think I'm in the same boat. And I I think, like I said, I, I am enjoying it. I am enjoying it. Am I disappointed in it? Mainly because every doctor seems to be different. And because she reminds me so much of 10, she doesn't feel different yet. Other than she's female. Like I want, I want there to be more distinct difference than she's the first female doctor, which, which is huge on its own, but I I don't want her to be a female 10. I'm kind of hoping there's more facets to her character that we just haven't really seen yet. And mainly I like, that she's so nice. And I, I think Melanie's not here, but you know, I've watched all three of these episodes with Melanie. And so I'll occasionally maybe mention what she told me while we were watching it. Melanie doesn't like that. She's so nice and so apologetic and overly, you know, overly friendly. And uh, mm-hmm. I kind of like that. I like that. It's a very, it's polar. <laughs> it seems a very conscious effort to be the polar opposite of Capaldi's doctor. Right. Which is fine. It kind of makes sense because you had that, same deal only in reverse when we went from uh the was it the fifth to the sixth uh, right yeah where it's you went from nice to not nice yeah yeah it's like so occasionally it does seem like they try to do the intentional complete reversal in a way but i'm like but i hope there's more to her character than that because i kind of like me a moody doctor tenant tenant right. would be goofy but he would occasionally get very moody and smith right. smith would get very he'd get mean and it was fun, but like oh, yeah. he he'd also get melancholy. And I the my favorite thing I think of the second episode of this season that moment where we see like she just 
flips and goes totally like doubts herself and almost like slips into despair for a moment. And it's like, that's kind of interesting because that's not necessarily a trait you usually see in the doctor. They, they may get solemn or be like a little too intense, but it's rare to see, like have a doctor who's like occasionally just goes that super down on themselves. And it kind of makes sense as a trait of somebody who's like, you know, she's super friendly and like very apologetic about things. Kind of makes sense that her negative trait would be that she's super down on herself. (laughs) And it's just for a moment, but I like it. And I'm kind of hoping they explore that a little bit more because, you know, of course you like to have even your, your heroes. We like to see some flaws in them. So, right. You, you think about the, you think about the modern doctors that we've had and I'm, I'm yeah, I'm with you. I'm okay with her being nice. That's okay. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, you think about you think about the doctors we've had, they've kind of been jerks. Like Matt Smith has been the most cuddly and he's not always cuddly. No. Think about think about that uh that Christmas special where he literally is avoiding everyone and is mean to people. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> he, yeah he's sure. the, where's the big Scrooge hat, you know? Yeah. You got the war doctor, he wasn't cuddly. I'm I'm okay with her being nice. That's that's fine. I just, I, I just don't want her to be like, you know, like David Tennant. He had, he had a spiky nature, but then he also had that sex factor. He had that sex appeal thing, and they're clearly not trying to amp that up with her. Yeah, like, and I appreciate that. I appreciate that they're steering clear of that. But it's like you can't, you can't just carbon copy the Tenth Doctor and and take and then pull out the parts that made him interesting. She's got to ha- find her own way, and I think she will. I think I think they are kind of extending out her regeneration like they did with Capaldi, mm. just in a different way. And I, I I'm, I'm curious to see how it plays out because you have so many different writers in a season of Doctor Who, and they don't always film these episodes chronologically. Yeah, you know, like they they just if there's a, especially if there's a location involved, like you know they film the location whenever they have the money and the time to do it. My main and people, yeah, people might be upset that like we have, we start off with criticisms, but then again, that's how we do with Doctor. Who. I was gonna say that's that's how we do with most of our reviews. Is like we really like this. Now let's get into it. Let's get. Let's talk about <laughs> let's what we tear didn't this like. thing to pieces. But a- another aspect to Jodie Whittaker's Doctor that uh, at this point, you know, I hope it gets better, and maybe it's just me misreading the performance, but. I've seen her in Broadchurch and, mm-hmm. and you know, also written and created by Chris Chibnall. Like, I've seen the quality of acting she can do and the quality of writing that Chibnall can do. And I just was hoping that I, I haven't necessarily seen that level of quality brought into at least the first two episodes. Third episode is a little bit different. But, like, her acting specifically, like, I know she's a super good actor and it, it doesn't feel like i'm watching a super good performance (laughs) right there may be trusting her a little too much like i want i want the director to be like all right push this Mm -hmm. push it take it somewhere you know like right now i don't know it does feel like she's reading a lot of script really fast yeah yeah kind of right like it's just the the performance is super obvious it doesn't just doesn't seem as natural as i was kind of hoping it would be and maybe, you know, come the end of the season, we're just like, that's just this doctor. But yeah, who knows? Who knows? That's the one thing. That's my main thing. Well, I mean, like her her portrayal, I hate to go back to 
Broadchurch over and over and over, but like her portrayal in season one of Broadchurch uh, also was so opposite this, which maybe is why That's they're true. going this route. Like, like, oh, you think you know what Jodie Whittaker can do, so we're going to give you something that you're not expecting. But like her portrayal in that first season is so quiet. You know, it's so emotive. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's much more nonverbal. She says she says plenty of lines, but uh, I think most of the most of the performance is not in in the script. You know, so I'm I, I am waiting to see some of that come come over too. You know, like and maybe maybe we're just waiting for different character beats. Like right now, we need a, a really confident doctor in the first couple of episodes. I will be interested to see when she hits some really difficult conflict that is going to cause her to have her epic, her epic doctor rage against the machine speech. Yeah. Um, Oh yeah. I'm so ready for that. I've been ready for that before she ever got the role. And I want to see her cross. I want to see her very angry. I want to see her. (laughs) What is, what is she? What does her character say to that lady, to the, hotel lady i didn't know i can't say it i'd have to grolix it but there was a I, i've mentioned it on the show before when i was watching Broadchurch, and i was like that part where she said she's gonna oh break her effing face and just the way she says it i'm like that yes. makes me excited for an angry to see an angry doctor because yeah. like she has there's intensity there and we just haven't seen it and maybe we won't maybe that's not her doctor but i'm hoping we do i that it seems like every doctor has their intense moments so yeah, I'm yeah. hoping to see some intense moments from from 13th Doctor. So we've basically talked kind of around the, the Doctor. Mm-hmm. What do you think about? I mean, like we let's go back. Let's go back to Episode One. Yeah, let's... we've got a whole new crew of companions. I mean, if you want to call them that, they're just kind of like plopped right in the Doctor's way, or she's plopped right in their way. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. What do, what do we think about Episode One and setting up a new paradigm? Well, it's kind of the way you you introduced it there. Kind of made me think about how they usually introduce new doctors. This I I thought was interesting because it starts like the doctor's not even in it for a little bit. Uh, it starts following these people, like in, all these people, these four people, which is also kind of. I wish. I mean, of course, there's going to be hype, and you're going to find out who all the new companions are before the show. But it's disappointing because I'm like, I know who the three new companions are, and there's four people there. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. One of these things just doesn't belong here. Yeah, exactly. And so that's a little disappointing because I knew I knew right away. I was like, oh, that that sucks a little bit. But yeah, it's it is. She a, was a great character, too. Yeah. Right. She, that's Spoiler. another thing. Spoilers. <laughs> spoilers. Uh, we should just say just spoiler, 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 spoiler. It might or will happen. Here's four. Here's four new characters. You know, the one that's the most interesting. Nope. She's the one going. No, she's she's your moral. Uh, she's your north star for uh, at least two of these characters. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It is interesting then just to literally drop the the doctor into the viewer slash companions' lives. Like, here's your introdu- introduction. It's just a woman who fell through the roof. Boom, and she's <laughs> yeah, running. That was, was kind of nice. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. That was interesting. Oh, oh. I don't want. I don't want to like jump to the end, but. Uh, Remember when I when I said uh, I wanted that the title of the episode, The Woman Who Fell to Earth, I wanted it to be not just a blatant uh, call to the doctor. Uh-huh. I was like, oh, careful what you wish for. <laughs> wow, you're right. I hadn't even thought about that. 
but the doctor was not the only woman who fell to earth. No. Nope. <laughs> I hadn't even thought about that. You're right. Okay. Well, yeah. You did this, Jesse. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. If anybody's listening still and hasn't watched any of this, they're going to be so lost by what we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. But if you haven't watched, what do you listen to this for? Maybe that's why our numbers aren't better. <laughs> <laughs> We're a little combative. We're a little combative with our listenership. Like, listen, what? Why are you listening? Listen, why are you why? listening? Why? Why would you do that? What? What? If if not, why? And if so, why? <laughs> <laughs> oh, what? You're not listening. Why not? Why not? Uh, anyway, it's exactly. Visually, I really liked. I guess the second episode was decent too. Like to touch back on what you were talking about with, um, you know, some of the kind of the quality aspects of like Broadchurch and stuff. Visually, I think this does look different than previous Doctor Who stuff, mm-hmm. and it 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 does look good. I thought the first episode looked dynamic. I think um, parts of the third episode looked really dynamic. The second episode wasn't bad in term visual style. So I don't know. Yeah, that's that's interesting. Let's talk. You mentioned companions. Mm-hmm. So we've got uh, we've got Graham, mm-hmm. we've got Ryan, and we've got Yasmin, and uh, I think we're introduced to Ryan and Graham at the same well, not the same time. Ry- we we get Ryan first, so I mean, I think he's supposed to be our Amy Pond, but I don't know that he's taking like full front and center on this thing. Like eventually, it, it feels like it's just group. Right. But uh, the linchpin here is Ryan. Ryan is the one that everybody yeah. knows, you know, like Yasmin knows him from school. Good point. And Graham is like his step grandfather. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. He is. He is the, the, yeah. And that might be part of the reason, like part of the reason we're not maybe seeing some of the stuff in the doctor that we wish we'd saw because there are more characters. So we're not necessarily this, the stories have not been about the doctor's character or anything like that. It's about this That's group true. of people and this adventure, like the, and whatever the plot at hand so far, even though the first episode focused, it just focused a lot on the companions and not to derail off the companions. So I'll try to stick with it up to the third episode. The first two episodes, my opinion of the companions were they're very bland mm-hmm. and the third episode doesn't necessarily change that much, but just kind of find them a little bland. I could see them growing on me. I think Yasmin I find the most interesting. I'm not sure why. Maybe she just seems – I think she's a good actor and not that Graham's not. I'm really conflicted about Ryan. He just – there's not a lot for me. There's not a lot to grab onto with his character. And kind of the same with, with Graham. But there's – that's my, my problem with all of them. There's just not a lot to grab onto with some of these characters. And Ryan doesn't – I don't know. I just don't know what to make of him. So, so just in the course of just talking about this, and I hadn't even thought about it until now, we've talked about how the, and this is still, this is still about companions, but what it just, what just occurred to me is that we have three companions. And I think the last time that we had that many companions in a TARDIS was the fifth doctor. Mm -hmm. And I feel very similarly about some of those companions that I do about yeah. what we have now. You know, like we've got Tegan and uh, Nissa and yeah. and uh, Adric. Adric, yeah. So we haven't had that many companions since then, I think. And so same deal. Like it's too many people in the TARDIS. It's a lot of screen time split. And that's why they killed Adric, you know, like. 
because that's just too many people. You know, it um, might it, it might be too many people. Like, I think you might be right because it seemed like during tenants era, occasionally they would have up to you know three people rolling around because you'd have like Captain Jack and but right those extra people weren't permanent companions. They'd hop in an yeah. episode or two or like a two parter or something. And then they'd be on their way and it'd be down to core companions. You might be right. And I think if anything, it's too many companions to start a new doctor with. Right. Like maybe build up to more companions, but it's just, yeah, maybe that's part of it. It's well, it, it does. It feels like the John Nathan Turner thing where he, he, uh, he basically hamstrung himself with the fourth doctor. Cause at the end of the fourth doctor's run, he had Adric, he had Nissa and he had Tegan. And so, boom, fifth doctor. We got way too many companions. Same thing with, with 13 now. And then tying back into what you were saying about Ryan, like Ryan also, I'm like, I don't want, I don't want to under underscore it because it is important, but he's the most gimmicky of the new companions yeah, too. Yeah. It's like, it's like in order to make him more interesting, we have to give him dysphoria or not dysphoria. What's, what's the term? Where he he has balance he has balance issues yeah like, he has like coordination issues I can't I can't recall what it is but I know what you're talking about and it's you know like it's a good idea I like I like that they're representing more than just the norm but at the same time let's just write a compelling character you know or you know, I, yeah I don't know I think the third episode integrates the characters a little bit better uh, and not just for obvious reasons like thematically but. One thing, speaking of Ryan, where I'm just like, it made me laugh, but at the same time, I'm like, I don't know if it's supposed to make me laugh. It's just so dumb. Where he's supposed to follow Rosa Parks, he's like, I'm gonna go follow her. He's, yeah. Why? What did he? What part of this did he think was a good idea? He's literally just like, blah 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 blah, just yeah, eight feet behind her, not hiding, just like talking to himself about, oh, I'm stalking Rosa Parks. It's like. Yeah, dude, she's going to see you because you're walking around in the broad light like three steps behind her. What are you doing? During during one of the most dangerous uh, eras in American history. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, like she wouldn't be like obviously watching for him. So I think in a way, seeing a little bit of the characters outside of the show might have been a detriment to me. And normally that doesn't usually impact my opinions. Well, maybe it does. It's just usually for the positive where I'm like, Oh, Capaldi, I seen him in that show. He's great. Or Jodie Whittaker, she's she is a broad shirt. She's great. But in this case, I've seen I've seen, you know, all of them uh at like, you know, comic conventions and stuff. I've seen interviews with them, and they're kind of odd but interesting people and amusing and charismatic. Uh-huh. And all then of we them. get that and then we get to see them be the blandest version of themselves exactly. on screen. And then the characters <laughs> themselves, though, are not charismatic. They're very bland. There's not much to grab onto. And I'm just like, what happened? <laughs> this is not what oh. I was expecting. I So I just looked it up uh, because I, I don't like not having the right term. Uh, it's not dysphoria. It's dyspraxia that is, is the condition. And uh, that episode, The Woman Who Fell to Earth, premiered on Sunday 7th uh, during Dyspraxia Awareness Week. Really? Yeah. And I don't know how I feel about that. Like that's so interesting. Like, that- like, did they did they know that's when they were going to release it? So they made him have dyspraxia. That seems. Oh man! Like I uh, hope not. I mean, like that seems like 
that makes it even more gimmicky. That exactly it. Gimmick. The other the other part that like confuses me about it and 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 if they if they use this as a vehicle to actually uh, make someone like me uh, understand dyspraxia better because I I notably do not I do not know much about the condition at all. <laughs> a little, little disclaimer before I go on, but I you know like I was questioning it a few times. It's like okay, so he has a hard time riding a bike. He has a hard time climbing up and down ladders. Like he hates ladders, and that's that's becoming clear because I, I think every episode has had one now. Yeah. But the thing that that threw me was like in the second episode, and I don't know if we're done with episode one or not because we're just kind of jumping around. Yeah. But uh, in episode two, he basically goes full Leroy Jenkins, and he's very spry. Like he uh-huh. has some action sequences. Yeah. And it's like I, I I'm having a hard time seeing the parameters, and I so I don't know if this is really good acting or very bad acting. Or incons or very really consistent writing or inconsistent writing because I I don't understand the condition but he he's very actiony a lot of times mm-hmm. and it feels like uh, with something like dyspraxia he'd probably find himself falling that's once in a while yeah and again like yeah I I would agree like probably be good if we knew more about it but other than a ladder or something or having to ride a bike like I'm not sure what effect that actually has on his character. And if that's realistic, that it has no effect or not, like, right? Like, I'm sure, I'm sure it's like most conditions. There's varying degrees. So then it seems like then he has a very lesser degree of dyspraxia because it only sort of affects him. Not to say, not to say that that isn't a huge impact. Not being able to climb things, not not being able to ride a bike. You know, that's probably a big deal. But like. How often do you have to do those things in your day-to-day life kind of thing? Like, you don't have to ride a bike every day. I mean, I guess the main thing is, is it realistic that it only affects him in these certain situations? Or are they being choosy when it's relevant? Yeah, because yeah, yeah. It, that's that's what I mean. And the concern are they being is, honest? is, if it's just like, when it suits them, then that's super cheesy. Yeah, and it's not, that's not diversity. You know, that's not honest diversity and you have a real opportunity with this so let's let's use it i guess i guess that's my point and i do want to move on to the third episode because i'm sure we have a lot to say there yeah yeah yeah. but i will say my main criticism of both episode one and two and this is a this for me this is a super rocky way to start a new season regardless of the doctor or anything they both ever i like I, i told you in a message jesse i was like every season like every season has that one episode where it's like oh that episode where it's just kind of forgettable and it's not bad yeah. but it's just like whatever it's just kind of there it's like a feels like a filler episode both right. the first two episodes felt like that to me and i'm like this is not a good start <laughs> right right but then we get the third episode oh yeah and the third episode is so good uh real quick before we just totally leave mm-hmm. uh the second episode behind yeah for me, the only reason uh, really to watch the second episode at all is <laughs> that's 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 not nice of me to say. But uh, the <laughs> the main takeaway from the second episode is the return of the TARDIS, which for a minute there, I was worried we wouldn't get one. Right. Like if everything's new. I, yeah. I, I was like, are they really going to. I 
I think you had even mentioned it, but it's like, are they really going to do a third doctor thing? You know, they're going to right, right. Well, strand well, him that, on Earth with no TARDIS, essentially for for a season or so. Well, and John Nathan Turner wanted to do that too, and so it's like it's one of those things that's never been done, and they were really talking it up. You know, like totally take the TARDIS out of it. Like, no, don't do that. <laughs> we do get the TARDIS return. Also, mm-hmm. it was interesting, and I didn't realize it. We didn't get the new theme, the opening sequence till the second episode either. Like it just oh, wasn't right. in the first yeah. episode. So I kind of appreciate that from a, you know, creative standpoint where it's the first episode. It's just, you're going to get the new doctor, but you don't get the TARDIS. You don't get the theme song. You don't get any of that. It's, it's just, yeah. boom. And then you the get second a screwdriver. Episode, That's what you get. You yeah. get a screwdriver. And then the second episode, they, they brought all that stuff in. And I really like the new intro. I think it's kind of cool. That weird 3D blobby stuff reminds me of. The original, yeah. Exactly. It's like the original in a three weird 3D form, the weird little TV distortions they did. And yeah. I like the music. It's got a little bit of a kind of that weird warped electronic lower end. But the upper end stuff, they're like, that sounds like, that kind of sounds like classic Doctor Who themes. Like It does, yeah. It, it That's the funny thing about it is like they've really, they've really tried to throw uh, that, that everything's new kind of uh vibe out there but it's like you know that's a very throwback aside aside from the new font you know for doctor who mm-hmm. which you know it's grown on me i didn't love it when it first was oh, really? revealed yeah i, I didn't but, mind uh, it it's it okay. it's okay it's it's it works but the the music the music is is great and so is yeah i like the visuals mm-hmm. it does feel like a throwback and and i'm fine with that everything's they new even, but very very old <laughs> they even take the tardis back out of it you know like, oh yeah you're right you go go strictly first and second doctor. I don't think the TARDIS shows up until maybe the third, probably the fourth doctor is when we first see a TARDIS in the intro. And then the TARDIS itself. I'm very, I'm very torn about the inside of it. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure yet. I love the outside. The outside mm-hmm. is, it looks is again, throwing back to the fourth doctor a little bit. And... And then we go inside and like my initial thoughts are, oh, this is kind of cool. It's got kind of a, it's got, again, I throw them back to the 10th doctor a little bit. It's mm-hmm. very brassy. A lot of those elements. Yeah. It did leave a little bit of, of, um, of our 12th doctor, you know, like not everything's gone. You know, you still have the little blue plates that are kind of similar to the roundels of, of the classic era. Mm-hmm. But then you get to the console and that's the part, that's the only part that I'm having a hard time with is, is, and I don't even know if it's console because you don't barely see the console because it's surrounded by these bizarre Stonehenge looking things. The, the, these, the little crystal thing that she used to make the sonic screwdriver, they're definitely running with that because they look like these big crystal rocks kind yeah. of. Yeah. And that's what the column looks like. And I don't know, they're going with this like kind of organic, like even talking about the intro just now, it's like these weird organic shapes and stuff, mm-hmm. which is interesting, but dude, it's so busy. Like it's just looks yeah. overly busy. It's visual. It's muddy. It's like, it's gotta be a muddy. nightmare. It's gotta be a nightmare to film around too. Like, oh yeah. It made them so big. Why, why? That's an obstruction. That's things for the doctor to run into. That's a thing <laughs> yeah. for the do- for the for the cameraman to have to shoot around. I I don't understand the aesthetic choice here. And you can't see the console through them. Like they're so big. <laughs> it's yeah. It just looks it looks a little a little much. It looks overdone. I'm not yeah. a super big fan of it. 
I don't know. It's okay. It's okay. And that's kind of like their whole thing with her. It seems like her technology and her stuff, like it's more organic shapes, less, less machine-like qualities, less rigid, clean lines and more whatever. But I think it's kind of interesting, but also again, kind of ugly. The decision to where the doors look like the inside of the target or inside of the police box, I thought was kind of odd. Yeah. Well, the one thing, the one thing that I do like about it is that they kind of went almost eighth doctor and really opened things up. Like there isn't aside from totally obstructing the, the, the uh, control console aside from that, it's very open. Like they even back off from that. Like they show a lot more. It's bigger than on the inside type of shots, at least in that second episode. Mm-hmm. So I do, I do like how they've kind of really nailed. It's bigger on the inside, you know, uh, because a lot of times it's like, it's only slightly bigger on the inside. So, so, <laughs> yeah, that's so when, true. when people are like, it's bigger on the inside, it's like, well, yeah, it is, but it's like not that big. This felt big. This felt pretty expansive. Seems like it's got, well, I don't know that it's bigger than Capaldi's, but it seems like over the years it's gotten bigger and bigger in there. Capaldi's had like multiple levels where he's running around on the top. Oh, uh, yeah. You know? Yeah, true. It's just so ugly. <laughs> <It's> just the... <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. It's like it doesn't know what it wants to be yet. Yeah. Which which maybe that'll play in because it doesn't seem like the TARDIS is working the way that it has. Like it's it's gotten in the new series, it seems like the TARDIS has gotten a lot more reliable mm-hmm. in the doctor being able to just go wherever he needs to be kind of thing. And he even he even kind of pulls some Bill and Ted type of stuff where it's like, as long as I go back six seconds before this and set this up, uh-huh. we'll be fine. You know? And so it's like I'm if this is the the new TARDIS kind of rebooting itself, like with with errors, ah, that could that could turn out all right. That could be interesting mm-hmm. as long as we get time to explore that. But because this does feel like a, a TARDIS that doesn't know what it's doing, <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's <laughs> true. Know? And if the, if they're going that route, I might be on board with that. Uh, if it's an aesthetic choice that we thought was really great, uh, I don't know if I'm on board with that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the third episode. Yeah, let's get into it. This is I, I'm excited about this. This episode, I don't know. Maybe I've cooled on it a little bit since I said this, but this may be one of my favorite episodes of all time. It's definitely uh, it's 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 in my uh, lexicon of favorite episodes, and not not entirely for the reasons that a normal Doctor Who episode would get this kind of praise, but it ties into stuff I really like. Like, uh, back to the future. <laughs> like this was the most back to the future, uh, episode of doctor who I think I've ever watched. Well, even with this is like 55. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, yeah. Yeah. Even down to the era. Right. It's, it's basically back to the future too, but with more social relevance, <laughs> you know, because yeah. he's like, you go back in time. There's two, two desperate elements happening from the future, trying to affect the past. You know, like in in Back to the Future 2, you've got old Biff Tannen going back in time and giving himself a sports almanac so that he can change the future. In this one, you've got basically this alt-right, awful person. Uh Basically, I I shouldn't even throw politics into it. Basically, a racist guy comes back in time and says, this is where everything went wrong. I'm going to change it. And you've got the doctor playing Marty McFly, sneaking, sneaking around and just trying to make sure that things go the way they're supposed to go. I don't think it's I mean, I hate that alt-right is a pol- political issue. I don't think it's unfair to bring that in 
Because, right. I mean... I think they're touching on it. I think they're touching on it big time. I mean, he's a white supremacist. And, yeah. you know, I that's... Alt-right is just kind of thrown around in replacement as white supremacist. But, okay, other than... There's so many things with this episode. For one, I appreciate... Because I like that the show finally and directly handled the racial issue. Because we've had doctors in the past... Um, I'm trying to think. Maybe it was... Tenant with Martha and uh, and also yeah, Bill did it. And it come yeah, up with Bill, Bill, where they kind of hint at like you know, yeah, sometimes in the past are not the best place for a black companion to go to, but they you know they never really hit it that hard. And right, this episode is obviously all about it, and yeah. like just I appreciate that they they tackled it head on. They didn't you know. Like I, the, there's there's some pretty nasty things get said yeah. to them in this episode, like that it could have been way worse. But I appreciated that they didn't shy away from it. They're like, okay, yeah, we're doing this. And I do appreciate that the villain is a white supremacist, and so much of, in a way, this season so far, but specifically this episode. And I don't think it's necessarily wrong of them. Is like, you know what? We know there's people out there that aren't going to like it because we have a uh, uh, minority companions and a woman doctor. This mm-hmm. is for them. <laughs> we're going to make them the villain of the episode, and right. we're just going to lean right into it. And I kind of appreciated that because they do. It's obviously a very intentionally diverse cast of companions and the doctor, and uh, they straight up put a white supremacist guy as the villain. And yeah, I was a little – I don't know. I was surprised that they leaned into it so hard, but – they did. Would and, they, and, and all, I mean, like, uh, again, mm, I don't, I don't know how to, how to attack, attack this because, uh, there's a moment and it's at the end and it's how the, how they have to, they have to let things go. You know, like, uh, it's the white guy, you know, I mean, it's, it's Graham. He's on the bus and he's going to have to let Rosa Parks be discriminated. I love his reaction. That's, dude, that's, is a pretty good moment. Uh, so I've watched this episode twice and, the second time, some of the cheesiness of it comes, and it's not the story. Sure. It's just the way they, it's the way TV shows always handle like great historical moments. Every time Rosa Parks is on screen, you get that certain music, that horn sound that they use for old, for historical period pieces. Um, mm-hmm. And it just seems so cheesy to me. But that moment, they handled so well in many ways. And I like that they made, like, they put Graham in it. Like directly, yeah. he was the yeah. white guy standing that needed a seat, and he didn't want any part of it. And like, I don't know, like I kind of felt it, man. He's like, I don't want to be a part of history. It's like, yeah, I don't want to be no, this. You, but you are, You're you there. are part of history. You're yeah. the reason this happened. You know, like, like it, yeah, it kind of throws it right in your face. Like, even though, even though this is a new world, and uh, and people are aware of history, a lot of people don't want to have any sense of responsibility for it right and so like that's that's what literally happened he didn't want to have responsibility for it he wasn't he wasn't one of those people that did this back in the day and then in the end he had to be he had to sit in the he had to literally sit in that seat he had to literally stand in those shoes yeah and then the other thing which is obviously the big thing that people grabbed onto and which is where this episode could have gone so so wrong and they handled it right and i mean they had to handle it right or else just don't even touch it. Oh, right. Yeah. But they, other than like, 
their involvement was they had to make sure the situation was how it was supposed to be. They had to make sure the conditions were right, but they were not like they did not influence Rosa to do it. So they had like, they didn't take away her agency and you know, the doctor even says when Graham's like, I don't, you know, I don't want to be a part of history. And she's like, we, we can't help her. <laughs> like she has to do this on her own. This is, you know. And that decision. was a moment, that was a moment like if, you know, I was just criticizing how she hasn't had a lot of quiet moments and she's so good at them. She had a good one in mm-hmm. this episode, you know, like you could see like she didn't like it, you know, she didn't like that. This is how we have to fix this, but this is how we have to fix this. So we have, it almost becomes comical in a way. It's it's a little cartoony in some aspects where the characters are all just suddenly where they need to be. Like yeah, yeah. Like Graham and Ryan show up at the uh, the creek or the the river or whatever to <laughs> kind of like force that guy out of there, and so he'll go yeah. back to work. But then he goes back to work, and they're there on the bus. It's like, and there's even a scene in between where they're there with the bad guy. All of a sudden, it's like, wow, they yeah. they, they they really do just get around. But anyway. I like that this story, you know, barring the first story, which was kind of about them, this story utilizes all the companions well right. and the doctor. So it gives everybody like stuff to do. It gives them all a role. So it kind of works to have so many companions. And it also, one of my favorite parts of this whole episode was it's Doctor Who, right? It's usually big, crazy, over the top stuff. A lot of this episode, they're literally, they're hiding out in a hotel room. And then we've get we've got like research montages where they're looking through newspapers and like they're doing old nineteen fifties you know, appropriate research, looking through uh, newspapers and stuff like that. And I just liked it, it wasn't was the pseudo big... historical. I, yeah, I, I, like it wasn't like a full blown uh, first doctor historical. But I was excited and I was like, this is almost a historical. Like take out that you you take out the bad guy and it's just a historical. We're just trying to make sure that history happens the way it's supposed to. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it is you know it is the modern era and it it is nice to have like a a foil. Yeah. So, so I watched this like I said a second time. I watched this with Melanie, and I think she liked certain aspects of it. But after it was over, I was like, so so what do you think? And she goes, which I, I kind I think kind of lends to your comparing it to the historical episode she goes it was boring (laughs) (laughs) oh no i guess it's a little slower paced yeah because they're not jumping around doing crazy there's no like there's not big crazy action it is they're doing paperwork in a hotel room like they you know it's it's down more down to earth but i think there's stuff stuff that she did like but i don't think she's i mean i didn't find it boring but i don't think she's wrong in that yeah it is it's a slower episode but it's again, I don't like Ryan because I really like that. It, it, maybe he'll grow on me, but I really like the scene where he ends up at Rosa Parks place with uh, Dr. Martin Luther King. And at one point he says, it's such a good setup, but I feel like his delivery doesn't land where he's like, he says, you know, something, something Dr. Martin Luther King. And then he looks over. Yes. Rosa Parks. And that's funny. But then just his, yeah. his delivery yeah. of the, Whoa. Like I was like, it was very dude. Where's my car? Yeah. That's right. Mr. The kid. It was <laughs> like very Bill and Ted for a moment. I was like, <laughs> yeah, it, it, hammy. It's kind of hammy. So, and maybe that's part of my problem with the series so far, the season so far is it's just a bit hammier than I expected all around. 
All right. Well, before we wrap this episode up, hey, Melanie, what did you think of, I don't know, I guess the new season or specifically the third episode of Doctor Who? The new season's all right. That's the last one that we just watched. Yeah. And it was boring to me, but that's just me. I'm See, just, I told you. I don't know. I, it was okay. It was all right, I guess, but it's just uh, boring. Yeah, no, that's that's what. And uh, that's, super cheese, I think, a little bit. I, I I found it a little cheesy too. Doctor Who is cheesy sometimes. Yeah, I do think that it's it's kind of having a hard time finding its footing, but I am excited to see. Hopefully, it's gonna even out you know like we'll we'll finally get i mean it's all been character development so far and that's that's appropriate hopefully it's not going to stop like i hope these characters continue to develop because i'm not sure i like where they're at yet yeah oh no yeah me either um i just was a little surprised because i kind of thought maybe chibnall would bring a boost in writing quality and it kind of feels like it took a little bit of a hit with the changeover. Mm-hmm. But then again, it's, it is all new. It's all new. Everybody. So on it, the bright side, it's, gonna... it's not a fairy tale. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. We'll see. I'm still, you know, I don't hate it. I'm still on, I'm still on board. If we have any people listening who are been supremely disappointed in our review of it so far, <laughs> listen, <laughs> yeah, we're, yeah. this is how we talk about Dr. Who. We're always hopeful. We always enjoy it. We always complain about it. Yeah. Yeah. We're but, actual Doctor Who fans. That's what we do. Yeah, that's what Doctor Who fans do. <laughs> I'm but pretty we're, sure. But we're not like, this is the, it, the show's dead. We're not those kind of fans. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm going to keep watching. I am enjoying it. <laughs> All right. Letters page. I don't believe I have any letters. So if you would like to send us some feedback, do so where this time-displaced Randy says. This is Randy from in the future. And I have a very important message for you. The Grawlix Podcast is missing something, and that something is you. Join our letters page segment. If you have thoughts on what we're reading, what we just read, what we're about to read, what you're reading, or you just want to say hi, send us an email to letters at grawlixpodcast.com, and we'll read and discuss your letter on the show. What? What the devil? What are you doing here? Hey folks, this is Randy from Further in the Future. And what my former self neglected to mention is we also have a Google Voice line. You can call it, leave a message, and we will play that message on the next episode of the Grawlix Podcast. Try to keep it under two minutes. Whatever you want to talk to us about, talk to us about it. Ideally, something related to the show. Dial 559-426-6427, or if this helps you remember, 559-426 comics type that into your phone you'll be connected to our voicemail leave us a message and we will play it on the show what this is getting ridiculous get out of my way get out of my way this is randy from even further in the future and what these two knuckleheads neglected to mention is if you'd rather send us an mp3 recording of yourself to play on the show you can hit that email again that's letters at grawlixpodcast.com with an mp3 attachment and we'll play it during the show just try to keep your language clean and keep it under two minutes also hey bonehead did you just shoot our younger self yeah no it's yeah it's cool Shouldn't we be doing the Marty McFly disappear from the picture act right now? No, it's fine. He he was a time remnant. Oh, a time. That doesn't make sense. That do, a time remnant doesn't make sense. At some point, older Randy has to travel back to talk to younger Randy. But if older Randy kills younger Randy, 
Younger Randy never gets to become older Randy and travel back in time. It's time travel, not cloning. We're not cloning and sending ourselves back. We're just time traveling. You don't know that. We could be operating on primer rules. In that case, there can only be one. This is Jesse. It's leave, you idiot. Make like a tree and leave. You sound like a Grawlix fool when you say it wrong. This has been Randy. Time traveling is just too dangerous. Better that I devote myself to study the other great mystery of the universe. Grawlix! Thank you for listening to the Grawlix Podcast. The Grawlix Podcast is a production of the Electronic Media Collective and Vorpal Arrow Studios. For more Grawlix Podcast, visit GrawlixPodcast.com. Like us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Podcast. Or follow us on Twitter at Grawlix Podcast. We're also everywhere. All the time. All at once. I was thinking about the other day, Grawlix is technically weekly now, and that's insane. Like, yeah. It used to be once a month. We're weekly now. Including on our months where there's five weeks. We throw a Halloween special in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really... I used to look forward to days off. <laughs> <laughs> and now you give yourself extra work yep, to do. that's how you do. But you got to do it for the Grolics. You got to do it for the Grolics. The Grolics demands blood. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> definitely, definitely escalated beyond what I was expecting. I just go, I'm just going to go with it. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> okay, so on that note.